Welcome to the Young IPA Podcast. I'm James. This is Pete. G'day, everyone. It is episode 146. It is the 20th of February. It's a time, isn't it? Oh, Peter Gregory, <laughs> oh, the old one, two, Russell Dazzle. Uh, you'll never know why that's funny to Pete, but yeah. uh, we'll continue on. Uh, I have a toothache. Uh, am I a hero for continuing on with the show? Yes. Sorry, we'll just keep going. Yeah. I th- thought you'd be pushing back on that one, but... Uh, no, no. I'm actually, uh, it's, it's hard to work with the toothache, James. I was actually going to mention that to the people if you didn't mention it, but you uh, went ahead trust and me, jumped I, in and I will, was aware. I'll be the first to let everyone know <laughs> the uh, effort I'm putting into this one. Now, we have a loaded show coming up. We have got we are talking to Renee Gorman, yeah. the National Manager of Generation Liberty here at the IPA. We're going to be talking about the big week she's had, the big tour coming up for Generation Liberty, who the special guest is. We will leave for the interview. Mm. And... Uh, We've got a whole bunch of other stuff we're talking about with her as well. We've got the quiz. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Holden stuff. Uh, Boris Johnson, anything you're looking forward to in the show, Pete? I'm looking forward to the quiz because Gideon's not here. So it's my big chance of claiming back that crown, which is rightfully it is mine. five in a row. Rightfully yours? Yeah, it's rightfully, rightfully mine. Rightfully? <laughs> we call it that? Mate, that's how, that's that's how crowns absolutely work. Absolutely no foul play on Gideon's behalf. <laughs> that's how crowns work, you know, like uh, people. And, and the other thing I'm looking forward to is speaking to Renee Gorman because she's great about this stuff. All right, generally. very cool. Uh, so let us get into uh, the poll that the IPA commissioned yeah. this week. Big poll. Pete, talk us through it. Let me get my notes together. So last week we released a new poll conducted by Donata and commissioned by the IPA, which found that more Australians agreed than disagreed with removing references to race from the Australian Constitution. Agreed was 45%, disagreed was 16%, 39% said they didn't know. Constitutional recognition is meant to be about recognising the historical place of Indigenous Australians in our history, says Morgan Begg. Uh, and he says, uh, would be treated with restraint by the courts. But clearly after what happened last week, which we spoke about last week, uh, that's not the case. Now, I'll just tell you a little bit about the race power from Morgan's uh, press release. He says the race power allows the, com- the Commonwealth government to treat Australians differently on the basis of their race. This is an outdated, retrograde, divisive and a liberal v- provision which must be removed. Now, I'm sure most Australians couldn't just reel off the race powers, but it fits in with that kind of general view of ordinary people out there, which is kind of a liberal view. That of course, people shouldn't be treated differently according to the, you know, what, what race they are. You know, that's, that's crazy. And, and whilst they wouldn't be able to, you know, as I said, say what the race powers are, uh, they certainly know that they don't like them. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, I completely agree with you. I don't think people know if the race power exists or not. So mm. if you said to them, do you want, uh, you know, Indigenous recognition in the Constitution, they might go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And it's like, mm. okay, so do you want race powers to exist in the Constitution and people are treated differently? Oh, no, that's terrible. So yeah. you just got to go, well, you can have... One of those things. One of those things, and not the other. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's it's good to know that at their heart, most Australians definitely go, "Hang on, the Constitution shouldn't treat people differently based on race." That's not what we want to be doing. So it's good to know that there's such a, a an appetite for that position in Australia. Exactly right. And Morgan had a great piece in the Australian on it last Friday, and the, my favourite bit of it was his where he said there is no real or moral. Sorry, there is no legal or moral justification for retaining the race power. The basic needs of all Australians are not culturally contingent. So that is great. It's not, and as we always say, it's not that we, sh- we shouldn't celebrate cultural differences and things like that. It's just that it shouldn't be enshrined in the Constitution. Yes. Uh, all right. So the other big story all over the news for the last couple of days mm. is that Holden is basically no more. Mm. Uh, the brand is going to disappear at the end of the year after General Motors announced it's no longer making cars suitable for Australian roads. Uh, 800 jobs who are expected to go in the move. I know Ford has already floated that they might be taking some of those jobs and say, hey, come over here. Mm. So, you know, hopefully those people get jobs very quickly. But uh, 
it just seems to be like this very emotional thing for a lot of Australians because Holden is such an iconic brand in Australia. Uh, like, you know, I never had one, but I go, <laughs> you go through media, people have had Holdens. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's basically where people are at. It's just like there's this iconic Australian brand that's sort of going now. Well, I'm glad you raised that because I have a sort of what I might think is a fairly controversial view on this is that I don't care. Oh, wow. Like, I care about people losing their There's jobs. There's people have had to lose a job. Well, yeah, I care about people, the economic aspect of yeah. it, losing their jobs, you know, uh, activity going elsewhere. But I don't care about the brand. Yeah. You know, I care about the Australian cricket team, ACDC, Volta Matilda, not Holden. Like, it's not like, I care about Vegemite. If ACDC went out, there'd be a lot fewer jobs left <laughs> yeah. being lost. The hospitality industry, you know, uh, would, would be in trouble. But, you know, we invented Vegemite, so I care about Vegemite. But yeah. Holden's just a brand of car, mate. I don't care. Uh, don't write in. Oh, write in. Write in if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> well, um, I wish you were there in March 2012 because the point I want to bring up yeah. is that in March 2012, Holden was given a $270 million lifeline by the Australian, South Australian and Victorian governments just yeah. to say, please don't close down. Here are $270 million. Yeah. And that bought us eight years of uh, these jobs being existent in Australia. So you reckon my little spiel that I just gave then would have been enough to sort of, you know, get that off the table. Look, I've always said, when you get Peter Gregory in a room in a meeting, things happen. <laughs> just knock a few heads together. Yeah, yeah. well, I appreciate that. That should James. be one of your side uh, side jobs. Mm. Like, earn a bit of cross on the side. People just have you turn up to meetings. You give They give you a brief sort of agenda yeah. and you just, you know, slam your fist on the table. Right, what are we doing here? This is what's Come happening. Uh, yeah, maybe. Anyway, so yeah, $270 million lifeline didn't work out. So it is just this big thing of this idea of like, oh, too big to fail banks or we can't have this yeah. brand going because of what it means to the Australian culture. Like that doesn't actually work. No. These subsidies do not work. They can give you some years of industry that might be there yet, but if people aren't going to be buying the cars and that's what happened to Holden, mm. people just weren't buying the cars, uh, it's not going to give you too much. Exactly right. If it was going to work, it would have worked by now. I, particularly in that vein... Uh, didn't was interested in Scott Morrison's comments about the subsidies. He said, I'm angry, like I think many Australians would be. Australian taxpayers put millions into this multinational company. They let the brand just wither away on their watch. It's like, mate, yeah. you're the bozos throwing cash at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't blame them. Do you know what this does to capitalism when the government throws, like you just said, throwing money at an international corporation? Like oh. You don't think they can put two pennies together to figure out how to save Australia? Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, wait, the government's giving us money? This is huge. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah, no, we do need those subsidies. Yeah, well, like, oh, 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 you can subsidise us to do a podcast, Mr. Morrison, if that's yes. what you think. You know, we'll never leave if you give us 270 million dollars we will never leave i will no if I, you give me 270 million dollars you will never see me again the second <laughs> that check clears i am out of here yeah well uh, there you go uh, the other part of this is um the other part of this is so it's come out today that the government isn't getting rid of the luxury car tax after holder's departure now this okay. is a tax only bought in to save Australian car manufacturing. It is a tax on cars bought overseas that cost more than $67,500. So you just think, now that there are no cars to protect in Australia, we can get rid of that tax. (laughs) There's no need for that tax. Has anyone said anything like... Uh, Yeah, Josh Frydenberg has said one thing. No. (laughs) (laughs) But hang on. No, 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 you said no. But hang on, this is to protect the Australian car industry, which no longer exists. Yeah. So... Pete... Do I need a quote again? Go through it again. Yeah, it's, wait, let me get it. No. <laughs> that is rubbish. The government has no plans to get rid of this tax. Uh, we might keep it, actually. Yeah, Have we like money. Have you seen how much money? <laughs> so that's there ridiculous. So that's, yeah, like, uh, did you come up with that? Or? 
What? That, did you sort of try no, to... No, so uh, Jane, uh, Tim Wilson and James Patterson have been in the media today saying, like, yeah, we should probably get rid of this oh, tax. Okay, uh, yeah, but yeah. the up, upper echelons of the government are like, eh, money. I thought you'd just done some, you know, forensic research. No, yeah, that. I got on the phone with Josh Frydenberg. <laughs> I was like, mate, where's this tax going? That's good. All right, That's uh, good. let us cut to Heroes and Villains. Yeah, let's so, go. Heroes of the Week, Grunt the Pig, Freedom Snort. Uh, the, oh, jeez. Oh, oh, Saul. <laughs> There is absolutely no warning for Saul Muscatel when he's going to play that pig. No. Uh, now, for people that are new to the podcast, that pig uh, was originally fined by Wangaratta Council for being a pig mm. uh, and being too large to walk around in the street. So, mm. obviously, that is the international symbol for freedom, uh, yeah. being <laughs> fined for being a pig. <laughs> Something I might suggest we throw at Peter Gregory. Well, I'm but, definitely against it. Uh, so, we now give that pig the snort of freedom to honour our heroes of the week. Pete, lead us off. That's right. And we did interview him in December, if you want to check out that interview. He, we couldn't shut him up, actually. So. <laughs> he said a lot more things than uh, Josh Frydenberg. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. Check it out. So, now, James. Yes. A week is a long time in politics. Very, very stereotypical quote. <laughs> Boris Johnson was an unprecedented joint third villain last week. Yes. He was such a what would you call it, such a recalcitrant that we had to make him a, college a, boy. an unprecedented third villain. Uh, he's back on the winner's list. That's, you know, that's it is a saying. roller coaster. The Sunday guy. Times on Sunday said that the English, the UK, is moving to a subscription model. Sorry, the Sunday Times on Sunday quoted a source within the uh, Morrison, not Morrison, Boris Johnson government that said they're moving to a subscription model for the BBC, cutting back the number of TV and radio stations and curtailing the online presence. Apparently, Boris is strident on this. Now, in Britain, you have to pay a licence fee to have to start an involuntary licence fee to get the BBC, which is £154.50 a year. That's um, a lot, by the way. In Australian dollars, that's like $4 million. So that's <laughs> it's heaps. And it just became $5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in this, uh, since this podcast began. Now, uh, a subsequent report, and it's sort of, I almost had to rip this off my hero, but then I've thought about it a bit more and I've retained him. A subsequent report has said that they are looking at de- uh, evolution rather than revolution, and that they're looking at decriminalising the licence fee rather than eradicating it first. But then I thought about it, and decriminalising is just making it voluntary anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. He's still my hero of the week. Uh, they also said they were going to outlaw BB stars from making BBC stars from making money from secondary gigs, which I don't agree with. But overall, I think taking on the BBC and given the ABC that we have here in Australia and how it opens up the opportunity for that to happen here. Uh, Boris Johnson, you're my hero of the week. Yeah, it does seem to be that uh, Dominic Cummings, another like British minister who I think uh, might have imported himself in a few. Uh, oh, right. So Dominic Cummings, the advisor, is a guy going like, "No, nah, let's get rid of this fee." Hmm. So we need to have a look, a closer look at that. But yes, Boris Johnson done very well here for himself. Uh, I want to hone in. So you said there was a 154 pound annual levy on all homes with TVs to pay for the BBC. Hmm. Uh, now the enforcement of this leads to a small number of offenders being jailed. <laughs> now if Boris Johnson serious, each of those people should be knighted. Knighted? <laughs> for Mate, standing up to the BBC for going, I am not paying for this claptrap. They could be let out. <laughs> Middle ground, MBE. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, it depends. I mean, does if that... the cricket team can get an MBE oh. for beating Australia, these people can get an MBE. Sorry. <laughs> Paul Collingwood got an MBE for making seven. If I won test and made seven. For people listening at home, Peter's eyes went completely, like they dilated completely at the mere mention of Paul Collingwood. We're going to need a bit longer for this podcast because I've got a few complaints. <laughs> you convulsed three different ways. Yeah, no. So was, I've never seen that. you so fired up. I've <laughs> legitimately never seen you so fired up. Uh, the other part I want to talk about, sorry, I like this idea of a licensing fee yeah. that you have to pay and I want to adapt it into Australia. Because like, if we can't, obviously I want ABC privatised, but if mm. we can't have that, if we can move to a licensing fee, but ABC presenters have to come and get it. Yeah. 
So ABC presenters go from house to house asking for the license fee and we hand it over. Yeah. I want to meet Tony Jones. This is a good way of doing it. And you can pay cash. A little bag. <laughs> and you can say, oh, my five cent I'll give you the, the other half next week. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Anyway. Uh, but but so it is a message to everyone. Food every- for thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food for thought. It is a message to everyone out there. If you're the villain one week on the Young IPA podcast, yep. you can bounce back. Hey, yeah, you exactly. Bounce back. We believe in redemption, uh, which is n- neatly going into my hero of the week, which is Malcolm Turnbull, which is a huge redemption. <laughs> it is. Basically, Malcolm Turnbull and Bill Shorten, because this is one of my favourite political stories I've ever read, which has nothing to do with politics and everything to do uh, with... You'll find out. So... Lawrence Mooney on his radio show on Triple M Sydney, he's telling a story that Bill Shorten texted him about a dinner that he had after the federal election loss last year with Malcolm Turnbull. Bill Shorten mentions that he stops by a BWS on the way to the dinner, spends $100 on a bottle of red and a bottle of white, sick flex bill. Mm. Uh, then he keeps on going to the Turnbulls. You, you good? <laughs> I was just going to say, is that 100 in total or 50 each? I, I believe it's 50 each. Okay. Uh, haven't talked to Bill myself, but uh, he keeps on going to the Turnbull's house. Turnbull hands over a bottle of wine. Bill inspects the label, direct quote, inspects the label to Google yeah. it later, finds out it's $17 in the cab ride home. Really? That's a story, apparently, but also just like this is God-tier pettiness from both of them. I, just, yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. We've all been through uni. You can have a good time on a $17 bottle of oh. wine. Let's not disgrace the good name of a $17 bottle you of can wine. Have a good time on a lot less than that. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Like, I can point you to an $8 Audi wine, which is going to be uh, pretty good. good, good. Uh, but the point of like this is just too alphas locking antlers in the most passive-aggressive way possible. You've got Malcolm Turnbull on the one hand going like, this guy's about to spend him some money on wine. I'm going to give him a $17 bottle despite the fact I'm worth a bajillion dollars. Mm. And then Bill Shorten uh, both (laughs) clocking the label the second he walks into the house. Like, he says, like... The second he sees the wine, he's like, remember that label. Yeah. Put it in the internal process. So he must do it all the time. And then he says, I Googled it in the cab ride home. Like, before we talk about the dinner, before we get into gossip, I'm Googling this bottle of wine to figure out how much he cost. So what's Two your- alphas locking antlers. Well, yeah. What What's your take on this? Who wins this battle? Is it Malcolm Turnbull for, you know, only spending 17 bucks on Bill? Or is it uh, Bill because Malcolm Turnbull's a tight ass. Uh, I reckon Malcolm wins because by the time Bill realises he's been alphaed by Malcolm, Malcolm's sitting in his study with the actual $100 bottle of wine, yeah. sipping it going, what, a, what an idiot. Yeah, exactly. What right. fool. And he spent $83 he less. Sorry? He spent $83 yeah, less. Yeah, true. Um, yes. Uh, so that's my hero of the week. Uh, now, because I patently refused to endorse what we've chosen as our Villains of the Week footage, over to you, Pete. That's right. So, uh, Saul Roll the Tape. <sighs> Saul, Saul's left. Saul. He's had enough of that crap. He's gone to the pub and he's left. Are you there? Extinction <laughs> Rebellion protests enter their sixth day. The activists oh, are trying to pressure the Australian government to take serious and effective action against climate change. Now, we show this every week. That's the Extinction Rebellion protesters. That is not a nerdy run for those watching. Oh, sorry, for those listening. They've all got their some clothes on, so not a nerdy run for that. They are, you know, they, we've named the villain. The prize, eternal villains. The eternal villains after that. So, oh, you go first, James. Uh, cool. So my villain of the week, if you give me half a second. Sorry, Michael Bloomberg uh, is all over the US media news. He's mm-hmm. now running for the Democratic candidacy in the general election. He's up to second favourite. I think he's polling third Ooh. on the latest, uh, uh, what is it, Real Clear Politics polls, which is like an amalgamation of all the polls. He's now third. Uh, he's qualified for the Nevada debate, so he's officially on the debate stage with all of them. He's come out of nowhere. He's spending all of his money on political ads. 
And I just want to make sure we don't forget who this guy is. And we're going to be talking a bit later about some of these ads, but let's not forget who this guy is. Now, this is a guy who, when mayor of New York endorsed stop and frisk policy, where police officers could just stop anyone that they thought might look suspicious Mm. and frisk them for guns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, he has had to walk away from comments that he gave about this. uh, So he gave these comments in 2015. Here's the direct quote about how he endorses stop and frisk policy. You want to spend the money on a lot of cops in the streets, put these cops where the crime is, which means in minority neighborhoods. So one of the unintended consequences is people say, oh my God, you're arresting kids from marijuana that are all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them up against the walls and frisk them. I mean, who needs civil liberties? Who needs civil liberties and proof of crime and any of these things? Just throw them against the wall and frisk them. Oh, that Trump is such a racist. Like, yep. they, he's terrible. Uh, now, continuing on. Uh, now, Bloomberg tried to ban big soft drinks. Yep. Uh, he had a war with fast food restaurants for years. Uh, they went to all these different courts over Bloomberg wanting to ban you being able to drink two litres of soft drink uh, in, just from a fast food agency. So he hates freedom, hates freedom. Yeah. He'll stop and frisk you and then knock the soda drink out of your hand. Two litre Coke. Uh, now, if, you, if I'm still not on, if you're still not on board with this, here's what he thinks about farmers. And we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offence intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Now, that's a billionaire guy that's probably never left an apartment, uh, like a penthouse apartment Come in his on, life, mate. telling you anyone can learn how to farm. We've got a lot of rural listeners who'll be jumping up and down in their tractors about that. <laughs> that was just as elitist as Michael Bloomberg. What do you mean? What was <laughs> jumping up and down in their tractors. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, in, what, in what way was that elitist? <laughs> just explain one. The idea that like they're all listening to this in their tractors. <laughs> anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, now, if I, if you're still not, this guy sucks. This is like this is how he treats dogs, and I'm gonna have to listen, commentate this for people listening mm. as they watch. This is Mayor Bloomberg going into a city, play the tapes all. Uh, this is Mayor Bloomberg meeting with people, he's shaking a man's hand, and then he shakes a dog on the mouth, like he literally grabs the dog's snout and shakes it up and down to say hello. <laughs> yeah. That's not a human being. That is a robot. Designed to uh, hate freedom. Yeah, he, he would have just like gone, how do I address this? And yes. choked. This guy sucks mm. in a number of different ways. Yep. He's not the savior. So We've got a lot of listeners who don't like Trump. We've got a lot of listeners who don't like Bernie. They don't have this uh, foot in both sides. They're looking for the sensible center. This man is not the sensible center. So this is something of a public service announcement. PSA, not the sensible center. Don't get locked in on the Instagram ads, which we're going to be talking about later. Well, this guy sucks. I've got some good ideas for that, but yeah. Don't, uh, don't do it. All right, so my villain, Arbor Grove Primary School in Ellenbrook in Western Australia. Now, uh, this was last week, and a few people already know about it, but something, sometimes something is so bad that they're villains anyway. Uh, they made a decision, Arbor Grove Primary School, to ban cupcakes and lo- lolly bags for birthdays in a message sent to parents of students at the school. Uh, Sorry, my, sorry, one second. Uh, message said to the parents of the school, they were told that while the school was happy to celebrate birthdays, we must do it in the most inclusive, practical and appropriate way. During our deliberations, we have been mindful of the increasing number of students with food allergies and intolerance, the cultural diversity of the school and the beliefs and the traditions of those cultures. So if a cupcake's not part of your culture, you don't have to eat it. What culture is it? I don't know. Is I it no vegans? Idea. Are they like <laughs> cultural grounds now? Like, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, they say you can't have cupcakes because of cultural differences. Yeah. I genuinely don't know what culture that is. I actually don't know either, but then I'm a bit of a sort of, you know, what's the word? Philistine. <laughs> 
So no, I'm not a Philistine. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So no, I don't know what culture it is. The only one I can think is vegans. It could be if, vegans. if they now endorse the level of culture. It could be, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's vegans. That would be the, the most uh, logical, perhaps. Uh, and if you're allergic to nuts or something, just don't eat it. Just don't eat them. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, oh, I know. Do you want a fun fact? What? You might know this, but uh, nut allergies in America increased rapidly after nuts started getting banned from schools. Really? Sorry. Oh, because you get the tolerance. Yeah, you don't get any tolerance. Mm. Interesting fun fact. There you go. Full of useful information. Thank you. I've got a useful fact for you. Oh, here we go. The other fun fact for the rest of the (laughs) rest of the entire podcast. This is fun fact. This one's not as good as as yours, but I better have fun. The other day, I learned how to use an EpiPen. That is very fun. I did first aid training and I plunged an EpiPen into Kurt Wallace's thigh. Really? Like a practice one. Like Pop Fiction style. Didn't have a needle. Yeah. Oh well. I don't know what that means, but yeah. Anyway, they're my villain this week. How many movies have you actually seen? I've, like three. I've seen them all through the Mighty Ducks. All right, uh, that's all you need. All right, uh, let us go to our interview with Renee. Okay, we're now welcome back on to the show, the National Manager mm. of Generation Liberty here at the IPA, Renee Gorman. Welcome back. Thanks for having me on again. Now, she's had a massive week. She's had a massive week, so we should start off with congratulations. So first and foremost, Renee, congratulations. Snaps, indeed, for 1,500 Generation Liberty members. Snaps for Renee. What other snaps thing again? Uh, I know you explained this to me before. Snaps but. is just applause, and you use it when you can't use applause, and I can't remember quite why. We can do jazz hands. We can take a page out of the Oxford Student Union over in the UK and mm-hmm. do jazz hands if you find yeah. the applause a bit too uh, anxiety-inducing. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, I'm not getting triggered anytime soon. So. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so yeah, 1,500 Generation Liberty members mm. is a lot. Uh, so, uh, you know, why has this been so successful? What do you put it down to? I think that Generation Liberty is really filling a niche. I think that there are a lot of young people out there that know that there is certain ideas that they are not being exposed to in school, they're not being exposed to at university, and Generation Liberty is there saying, we want you to be exposed to everything. We want you to hear both sides of the story. And also, I, I love the concept right now that you know libertarians, conservatives, classical liberals, we're kind of the new punk, we're the new rebellious side. Um, the left has fully established themselves as the establishment now, they're the status quo. If you want to join something a little bit more fun, a little bit more edgy on campus, you join us because it's, you know, the radical left are telling you, hey, this, you're only allowed to say this. You're only allowed to do this. You're only allowed to eat this. You're only allowed to think this. And generally, young people don't like being told what to do. So we're the new rebels. I like the idea of Renee as a punk rocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's as soon as I saw her, I thought, you know, <laughs> sex pistols. Yeah, you know, Renee, you've got pretty long hair. If we can put that all up into a mohawk, <laughs> that would be quite something. Maybe next well, time we'll see the mohawk. I did actually play a punk in one of my Rocker Steadfords. We did Billy the Punk as a musical. So. Wow. <laughs> there we go. We were just talking about musical theatre off air and then the worlds collide. Renee Gorman. What is it? What did you say? Musical what? Of um, Billy the Punk. It was like a kid's book about a kid wanting to become a punk. You, oh, we did it in kindergarten. It's very, it's a picture book. Right. Well, well like we we, you can bring that in next time yes. and we'll go through it. Yes. I now, shall. you had a massive write-up in the Sydney Morning Herald, was it, over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Big photo. Thank you to Saul Muscatel, our tech guy who helped out with that photo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't get a photographer to us. And I'm like, no worries. We've got a great photographer in the office. Better and then when Saul. he couldn't report to Judy, we got Saul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Saul, that's just... Oh, he's going to cut, gonna cut <laughs> your sound now. I know Saul. I know, yeah, I'm scared of him. <laughs> Anyway, so how sorry, was how was that? Um, good. Uh, I, you know, there's a little bit of um, 
a f- little bit of trepidation with me talking to Sydney Morning Herald, but the story turned out really well. I thought it really showed that we're having a really big impact on you know the student movements and the liberty scene in general, and we're getting noticed. So that's that's really good. We we definitely have our place in the scene right now. And, and that's certainly a good thing. Yeah, what I liked about that article was it started off with a big profile of Generation Liberty and then afterwards got into like Socialist Alternative and like the different uni liberal groups. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. We take first billing when people talk about yeah. student groups. Like, and, I, and I like that they kept emphasizing that I said mad socialists. Like they were trying <laughs> to make that like I was saying something bad. I'm like, anyone who's been to university in the last 60 years knows exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. You keep trying to pull that out as if it's a negative quote and it's not yeah fair enough so uh and, and also we had the photo as well like none of the other groups had the photo yeah and also we were the only we were the most diverse photo so two white men for labor and very then, diverse and then two white men for some socialist club and then generation liberty female national manager so yeah. we're champions of diversity well the greens can take a lesson because they've just elected another straight white male into the they leadership have. role oh yeah and yeah. also um i i talked about this on sky news I personally open the new. Uh, I'm very open to the new transparency by the Greens because you know in the past they've been called the watermelon party, green on the outside, red in the middle. Now they have a leader who's you know his PhDs in Marxist ideology. So I think the Greens are now a strawberry, like yeah. just all red, little bit of green on top. Yeah, I was trying to think of a pun, but yeah, strawberry is <laughs> better than any I was going through. I was trying to go, think of that. Anyway, so uh, let's keep it organic. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, uh, Renee, O Week is coming up on. Actually, no, there's one more bit of congratulations I want to get to before we talk about oh. O Week, and that is the University of Sydney Vice Chancellor is in here last year, who I know has <laughs> uh, been one of your favourite contemporaries. Uh, yep. Any parting words you wanted to say on this momentous day in the University of Sydney? I take on the immense responsibility of saying that this is all due to to my um, niggling and continuing to annoy him but you know he's moved on to a better job I can only hope that the University of Sydney chooses a better vice chancellor um, also a cheaper vice chancellor because he's paid a ridiculous amount <laughs> um, but yeah I, I just hope that U- University of Sydney manages to find a chancellor that um, can defend free speech in the future and, and will do good work for the students that are there. Now, we've got a lot to get through, but for people that are new to this, what are just some of the reasons that this, like some of your run-ins with this guy over the years? Um, so when I ran the event, my first event as a campus coordinator called The Dangers of Socialism, um, which coincidentally happened to be during the, the socialist conference at university, but, you know, that was complete complete coincidence. Um, uh, we had... Over 150 people attend, sold out event. Uh, We got a letter from the university administration saying that we had to pay over $750 in security fees because our event had the risk of protest and could be potentially dangerous. No protesters showed up and we still had to pay that money. That money originally um, was going to go to fundraising for a family in Venezuela. So we were charging $5 at the door that was supposed to go to helping fight for freedom in Venezuela. Instead, it went to line the pockets of the University of Sydney. Um, and then when uh, the Case for Coal event happened, mm. we got another letter saying that we they were like, oh, well, there's no real risk of protest yet. We haven't got any threats, but we're just letting you know at any moment, any time up to the moment of the event, we can smack a security fee on you at whatever cost we want. And then also uh, during the Unlearn campaign, I asked him to have a meeting with me about the famous Unlearn campaign, which I know Bella's spoken a lot about, about unlearned truth and, and stuff like that. And I thought it was 
a terrible postmodernist concept to be putting on your new students. And I asked just to have a meeting with him to discuss this and he told me that he'd have any time in his diary free for the entire semester, not even 15 minutes. So, Busy guy. Yeah. So this guy is supposed to represent students, talk, you know, um, work at a university. Introduce us to your little mate that you've brought with you into this interview for those watching, for those listening. Uh, they can't see it, so describe it as well, please. <laughs> uh, so this is Eleanor the Echidna. So when I was designing merch for O-Week, a lot of um, American organisations use a porcupine as their symbol of freedom. Mm -hmm. So I decided that for, and I'm holding up a bag now for audio listeners, um, to design a new bit of merch for O-Week that says, don't tread on me, comma, mate, and with an echidna. So I thought I'd make it Aussie. Mm -hmm. And our fearless leader, John Roscombe, particularly liked the echidna, and he's decided that it is the new Generation Liberty mascot. So we have Eleanor sitting in her office as a gift from John. And yeah, so she's going to be our mascot leading into what the What is the name Eleanor from? So there is a famous echidna from Tasmania from a story a few weeks ago called Eleanor, who was so big and fat that she got hit by a car. That's not a fat shame, Eleanor. <laughs> uh, no, she's awesome. She was so big and awesome and spiky. She got hit by a car and just kept going. So nobody treads on Eleanor, not even a car. She, yeah, she'll keep nothing going. stopping Eleanor. And I, I think that meal. represents, you know, the tenacity of Generation Liberty that we'll just, we'll just keep treading along. That's terrific. That's awesome. I love that. So for O-Week coming up, uh, any stores in particular you want to plug? Because, uh, you know, we've got a lot of students going to O-Week, so looking for clubs to join Generation Liberty obviously the best of all clubs where what can uh, any any places in particular we're looking to boost so right now we're at sydney university so today was the first day but we're going to be there for the next few days we're going to be at uqo week next week we're also in tasmania for the first time so we're actually got a, uh, a campus coordinator in every state now now is eleanor the echidna the real one speaking at our generation liberty store she may, she may make out. a surprise appearance. I don't know. She better. Or I'm <laughs> going to have to talk to someone. And people can pick up that bag at the O-Week. Is that yes, right? Yes, they can. That's so called a tote bag, James. Wow. So if you're well, you'll get this bag along with... I was. Um, That's some, a tote bag, isn't it? Yeah, a tote bag. <laughs> oh, sorry, I think it was a no. <laughs> I just got massively well, actually, and I just hoped Pete wasn't able to stick the landing. <laughs> I know what the kids are doing these days. Yeah, uh, so you'll get this along with heaps of – it's filled with heaps of badges and stickers and an awesome new bottle opener, really cool, cool fun merch. Only $10 to sign up. So we're also going to be in Adelaide. We're going to be at UWA. We're going to be across um, 14 campuses all over Australia. Would have been 15 if it wasn't for QUT. But oh, is that still off? Uh, yeah, so we're not going to be at QUT uh, officially, um, but – I'm sure that Chris Decker is going to be doing a lot of work and then we're going to get a lot of memberships anyway. Yeah, like if you're at QUT, you can still join Generation Liberty. Yeah, yes, Liberty. you can still join like, Generation Liberty. You, don't you want to join the club that the Guild banned? Yeah, like, exactly. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and we've got Chris on the show. Like if Chris Decker doesn't stand up to your university's values, then something's gone terribly wrong with the university. Like he's just a regular guy. Who doesn't want to party with Chris? Exactly. Well, uh, some people did party with Chris when he was in town. but Peter Gregory sure has that. a story. Well, Do, does he? No, I don't have a story. It's not my story to tell, James. <laughs> that was, so, that was but, definitely um, a story time. Uh, we'll see. Now, the other thing about Generation Liberty I want to talk about is that we've announced the upcoming tour of Gloria oh, Alvarez. This is massive. This is massive. Now, for people that don't know who she is, who is Gloria Alvarez, and uh, what can people expect? Oh, we've got a sneak preview. Oh, do we have a sneak Ooh. preview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, Peter Gregory. 
Uh, yeah. t- t- talk us through this. Well, I went on the internet and found a video of Gloria Alvarez so that people would know what she's about. Here she is now, so roll the tape. Socialism doesn't work. It didn't work in the Soviet Union. It didn't work in China. It didn't work in North Korea. It didn't work in Cuba. Doesn't work in Venezuela. It wouldn't work in Mars. Because the way it is a structure goes against human nature. All right, very cool. So that's what people can expect now. Why are you so excited to bring Gloria Alvarez out to Australia? Because she's an awesome, straight-talking, sassy Guatemalan woman who's going to tell us and tell, you know, the inner inner city types who think socialism is so awesome mm. what this system really creates. And I think it's going to be a real reality check um, for anyone who comes and sees her who thinks that that socialism has any prospect in Australia uh, and and. I think it's really important for our young people to see the results of a system like this. Um, but also she's she's going to be super fun. I think she's going to bring a really good energy to the movement. And Generation Liberty's never brought out an international speaker before, so this is a first for us and it's our first tour, so it's going to be really exciting. And she is a genuine global rising star as well. She has had like millions of views on her video. She's massive in the Spanish-speaking world. She's becoming massive in places like America and stuff like that. Uh, what, what exactly are you looking forward to the most about Gloria coming? Oh, and she will be on the Young IPA podcast as well. Oh, um, I'm, personally, I'm also just looking forward to just hanging out with her. That's so right. Get you get to hang out with her, don't I you? I get to hang out with her on the tour, so that would be really good. Um, I also want her – she does um, these amazing Vox Pops on the streets where she talks to mm. people from, um, you know, countries that have experienced socialism. So I'm going to bring her out on campus and have her talk to young people who have come from countries that have had to live under authoritarian or socialist um, regimes and have that back and forth – so we have those real stories to talk about why we do what we do and why we believe socialism is bad, which I think is the thing that connects the most with people. And it's so important as well because at universities, when you talk to people, there's so much of this idea of like, oh, we don't want South America. We want just to be Denmark and we just want to be a Scandinavian mm-hmm. country. It's like, no, 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 you are so much more likely with these policies to end up like these South American countries. So it's going to be so awesome to hear her perspective on like, yeah, this is what actually happens. And Denmark isn't socialist. Like the, the president came out and said you know, we're not socialists. Can somebody, for people, please stop calling us socialists. Yeah. Anyway, where can people go to buy tickets? Uh, so you go to generationliberty.org.au. Also, we've got some Facebook events up. If you go to our Generation Liberty Facebook event page, that will link you to generationliberty.org and also an Eventbrite. So heaps of places to buy tickets. Tickets are free, but registration registration is absolutely essential because this place, this is going to sell out. Cool. Yep. Uh, now, this is a bit of a summer note at, towards the end, but we mm-hmm. won't finish on this. But, like, uh, obviously, uh, it's been a pretty big two weeks for Jordan Peterson, and we know that now you're a huge fan of Jordan Peterson, and we've devoted basically an episode of the show towards the documentary that you helped bring out to Australia. Uh, so how's this last two weeks been for you? Because we haven't talked about this on the podcast. We want to get your perspective. Um, I'm really just hoping he gets through this I you know obviously feel sad that he had to experience this but I know a lot of people who say you know this reverses everything he said or this this makes the things that he said disingenuous and I think did you ever actually listen to Jordan Mm, Peterson when they say that because he never he was always open about his mental health issues he was always open about the struggles he was happening happening in his life and his other health issues um, he never looked down on people for struggling with things like alcoholism yeah. or addiction. Um, 
he's always said that, you know, life is suffering and, and that we all have to bring ourselves together to get past that, but sometimes it does overwhelm you. So I'm really, my, my thoughts are just with his family, especially his daughter and his wife right now, and hopefully that, you know, he'll be back with us. But, you know, if he needs to take time off as well, I can imagine that, you know, part of this this whole episode has been that he's just been completely overwhelmed by the change in his life. So if he needs to take time away, um, then all all the power to him. Yeah, it just seems to be like uh, he was following his own doctrine in that he was he was struggling and he tried to make himself better. Like these are just steps you take. Yeah, and it, it wasn't a um, psychological addiction. It was literally a physical addiction. So when they started taking him off, his body reacted and he became extremely suicidal, it sounds like, from the explanations from his daughter. So I, he he's always said, if you've got depression, if you ha- have anxiety, if you're suicidal, try medication. Don't be afraid of that because it's better you trying it and still being with us tomorrow than than having a fear of medication and, and not being with us tomorrow. So I don't think he's done anything that goes against the doctrine that he's been speaking the whole time. So really, I just hope he comes out of this more than anything. And also, there's no way everyone's gone through his whole Bible series. So it's not like he needs to put out more content. The entire Bible everything. series? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm actually not that surprised. Renee, you are a huge fan of Jordan Peterson. Yes, I am. All right. Uh, so... Uh, Renee, we've had such a big week for Generation Liberty. We've got a bunch of big weeks coming up as well. We've got this tour as well. Where can people go if they want to sign up and hear more about Generation Liberty? So generationliberty.org.au. You can sign up there. It's only $10. Let's get to 2000 soon. 2000 yeah, very members. cool. Let's do it. And don't forget about the Facebook page and the Instagram and the YouTube channel as yep. well. All right, sweet. Renee, thank you very much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, thank Renee. All right, uh, we've got another round of the quiz. We, uh, we're down Gideon. Yeah. Gideon's five-week-in-a-row reign comes to an end. Yeah. I think, still think he gets to see how many weeks in a row he can win when he comes back, but he's mm. interstate for a bunch of meetings. It's a constitutional crisis. Abs- yes. <laughs> the, the quiz will never be the same after this moment. Like, is or, who, who's the king? Is Dara queen? Like, what's I going on? I get the crown. I don't just know Because I was closest is. to it. And uh, Dara oh. came so close last week, joins us again this week. Dara, welcome back. Good to be back. So I think the smart money is on Dara. Yeah, well. No offence. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dulcet tones of Adam Schlicht for joining us as always, our roving reporter. Hello, everyone. Uh, Adam is back. Can I ask Adam a question? Go so you're, you're in So Fox, the rock and roll band. When yep. is the next gig? Because um, me and Bolt want to get down and watch the gig. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what the kids say these days, yeah, right? That's, that's right, Dara. That's well, right. we're a little slack. With our organisation okay. at the moment, but yeah. hopefully in the next month or so, maybe. Too busy researching for the quiz. Yeah, I've been really busy looking forward to this quiz. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get back on it. We're going to get back to practicing and, you know, in the zone. Do you have a manager? Um, actually, oh, we're kind of talking with one at the should moment. We get, okay. we get Hugh so, to talk about face manager stuff? So for those that don't know, I used to uh, be Hugh Tobin, DJ God, uh, DJ God's manager. Before he, go. before he uh, and he's taken off, so <laughs> he could have been anything, you. but he gave it away to work at the RPA. So, but I can make you big, mate. I can make you big. That's tempting. I'll think about it. Okay, thank you. You will still do this podcast with me. Nothing will change. Yeah, no, that's all right. Managers right. don't do anything, so I'll uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that, and I choose not to hear it. Okay. Uh, all right, let us get into some damn questions, if I will. Yep. So, we if it is your first quiz, it is one point on for correct answers, one point off for incorrect answers. Dara's having trouble with her headphones. 
she's rattled. Adam is rattled there. <laughs> she's rattled. What can uh, I say? One point off for incorrect answers. We have an who am I at the end of a five, four, three, two, one. My quiz questions are getting slightly too close to Dara's. I'm moving them. Yep. All right. Uh, let us uh, get into it, I reckon. Yes, yes one. What is the name of the firefighter who may or may not have been let go from the RFS for having a Dara. proper go? Paul? Well, Paul. Got to have a surname. So, oh. Oh, uh, I know he, I know he was Nellingen guy, but I can't remember his last name. I read one article this yep. week and that was it. That really? was it and I can't remember his name. So. Can't remember his name? I right. just know he told the Prime Minister to get effed yep. and then came out as a, not even come out, but you know, announced himself as a Pauline Hanson supporter. I'm going to give And point. they dropped him like it's hot, the, the lefties <laughs> that were trying to bump him up. <laughs> Dara's gone back. Dara's gone back. She's quite a Snoop Dogg from 1996, which is the way to get extra points in my heart because Doggy Style is still one of the great albums of all time. Uh, the name is Paul Parker. So, yeah, as uh, we've all alluded to individually, uh, I wasn't sold on the whole narrative of the left now abandoning him because he's a One Nation supporter, but mm. did anyone see people abandon him? There were one on or two yes. tweets. Yeah? Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but still, it is quite funny that it comes out that uh, the left's hero is actually a Pauline kind of guy. All right, uh, now, qu- question two, mm-hmm. as I start mm-hmm. up. Question two, closest to the pin, no points off. I like this. So, yeah, Holden, Holden, you can't get him wrong. You can't get him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't you, you can't get him wrong. All right, so Holden obviously coming to an end. Uh, sadly, not so sadly for Pete, as we found out earlier in the show. Don't in care. 2021, what year did they start making cars it's actually in too Australia? Easy. It's too easy. I'm not going first. So I know how long it was. So, you guys go below, work out the maths. Do the reverse maths. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what year is it? Start making cars. No points off. Oh, I know I know what year. Yeah. Uh, it was 1948. Okay, you're not getting any closer than the correct answer. Boom. Point <laughs> 1.4. Peter Gregory. Oh, 72 years, 2020 minus 72. Easy, kids. Quick well, maths. Okay. You did that pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Adam. <laughs> that was like <laughs> delivered so nicely, yet so condescending as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Basic oh. maths, can't believe it. No condescension here. Oh, there was a bit. Uh, now, the latest advertisement for Scandinavian Airlines was pulled uh, after one day. Why? Mm. Oh, well, that's a subjective question that no one could possibly answer. I think there's one Jeez. pretty clear answer. Dara, is it crap? <laughs> An objective <laughs> answer, but it's crap. That's it's the best right. <laughs> 1.2 Dara. There you go. Because <laughs> it's crap. Now, can we elaborate? Just humor me. The point's been given, but can we elaborate on why it was crap? Dara, well, they were alleging that they stole everything, basically, and that there's no Scandinavian culture, yeah. but I, I don't know if that was enough. Really. She's right. Yeah. No, so the yeah. ad comes out. It says, what's Scandinavian? Absolutely nothing. Everything good about Scandinavia has been taken from another country. Yep. Sounds like a weird way to advertise your airline yeah. from my perspective. Yep. Like, your country's crap. Go visit other ones. <laughs> yeah. Actually, not that bad. <laughs> when, to be fair, you know, that is what the Vikings did. So, yep. you know, they, they do have a point there. Well, just yeah. harking yep. back to their heritage. I don't think... Not well, so crap. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they should do. This is just Viking culture. We're just yep. trying to steal from others. Yeah. All right. Uh, question number four. What is the name of the storm currently hitting Britain? Oh, good question. Uh, no um, idea. Adam. Adam. It's not Kira, is it? No, it's not is Kira. Point off for Adam. Kira. I've just realised that I've asked for a name, but you'd have to say your name as a buzzer, so I might think that's an incorrect question, so I've got to keep on top here. <laughs> Does anyone know the name of this storm? I don't. No. Big old storm. Storm Dennis. Is that Dennis. the least intimidating name for a storm you've ever heard? Sounds like a bloke down the street, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? I thought that meant to be girl names. I thought so too. But they, they alternate between girl and boy. Uh, Do they so, now? But now they need to have gender neutral names, clearly. Well, every name's a gender neutral name. <laughs> yeah. But Dennis. I'm I not, knew a girl I'm called not, Dennis. 
Yeah? No. Good question. <laughs> good, good story. Um, uh, yeah, not, not exactly the most intimidating name for a storm I've ever heard. Question, what are we up to? Five. According to Dr. Liam Kennedy of King's University College in Ontario, which children's cartoon show, quote, encourages complicity in a global capitalist system that produces inequalities and causes environmental harms? So all of them did, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, so all of them? <laughs> Say any of them. Say one of them. <laughs> Am I going to lose a point? Yes. Okay. Nah, I thought I had Probably you there. Anyone know this one? Uh, I've got no idea. No, sorry, mate. All right, it's uh, Paw Patrol, which uh, for the uninitiated involves a group of dogs that are law enforcement uh, yep. solving capers. They're called the Paw. Oh, Paw. Paw. For it? a second there, I thought it was like Paw. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that does sound quite terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like the Michael Bloomberg secret police. Yeah. just going around beating up poor people. Can find poor people? And, anyway. <laughs> is it Dogs Paw Patrol? Uh, now, to me, like that is such an outrageous one that it's up there. Like, if it's a Horrix, that is up there with that queer performativity and rape culture in dog parks. Yeah. That famous uh, academic study. Yeah. Uh, which no one seems to know here. So I'm going to continue to look it up. Uh, now, uh, question number six. According to this is where Dara really announced herself, which is in the IPA related questions last week. So leaning on Dara for these ones. Yeah. Okay. According to a poll commissioned by the IPA and released this week, how many Australians want race powers to stay in? Roof. Dara. Roof, oh, Roof got there first. 16. 16% yeah. is correct. 16% I should say. Six, well, yeah. you did eventually. So uh, point two, Dara. Dara being very uh, <laughs> diplomatic about yeah. going like, yep, Peter Gregory got that correct. Thanks, Dara. Uh, I had to do it for the podcast. Yeah. There we go. All right, so question, this next one you didn't have to, but it's another What's IPA the score, ball. by the way? Should we do an update? Uh, the oh, score as I have it. <laughs> score as I have it. Uh, Peter Gregory on two. Dara on 1.5. And Adam still in the hunt. Negative one. Why is she 1.5? Why am I negative uh, one? <laughs> well, because you got zero. one wrong. <laughs> the, sto- the Storm oh, Kiera. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought I was on zero. Uh, That's so much worse. Dara got ad was Scandinavian and crap. Uh, the Scandinavian ad was crap, not crap because it was Scandinavian. Should get a full point for that? Yeah. It was full because it was crap. <laughs> Isn't that a full point though? That's a full point. Oh, so what's the po- half point? Uh, the point half five was for getting Paul but not Parker. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, never question the quiz master again. I will Ever. continually question. Ever. Uh, next question. According to a different poll commissioned by the IPA and released this week, both of these polls obviously available at ipa.org.au. What percentage of Australians believe that local councils, quote, should stick to roads, raids and rubbish? Evan Moholland absolutely loves that quote. Doesn't he just? Uh, and I don't know the answer. Don't know the answer? Uh, Anyone? No. No. Can we do the closest two? Uh, yeah, let's go closest two. Let's open up the floor. Get a few answers going. Roof, Dara? roof. Oh, you oh, go, Dara. Uh, 60%. 60? 100%. 100%. <laughs> Very optimistic. What did you say? 70 Adam gets a point. Oh. It is 66%. Oh, and uh, <laughs> not only does this get into roads, raids and rubbish, uh, it also has like Australians have had a gutful in the yeah. media release. Now, oh, I, I genuinely have. think at this point, Evan Mulholland gets a bonus every time he mentions the word gutful in the Australian media. I reckon he stole that off me. Does he? Well, I started wow. saying Do on the podcast. Yeah. This is contra- if, controversial. That's a really serious allegation. Yeah, this is some big stuff. Uh, there should be a right of reply. We're not going to give it to him. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, get bad luck. But honestly, for people that read a lot of the IPA stuff, You've either seen Gutful or have a look out for it because that man is addicted to that word. Well, they have. They have had a Gutful. They have had a Gutful. All right. uh, Which supermarket chain got caught underpaying staff this week? Dara. Coles. Coles is correct. Did they? Back on the board. Just give the money you stole from us for plastic bags. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad our plastic bag money's going to somewhere worthwhile. (laughs) Just underpaying staff. Uh, Now, last question before we get into the who am I. AFL superstar Dustin Martin's father, currently banned from Australia. He's in New Zealand on character grounds. Uh, believes he should be allowed back in to Australia. Dara. Dara. 
Well, I, I, I guess the end of the question is why, and it's just because of the High Court decision that, that they ruled that there's a third category of person, and now he's, uh, he's Indigenous, so he's claiming his this belonger category. Dara, I could not have put it better myself, because his grandma is Indigenous, he believes he should be let back on the country after the High Court decision, and to be honest, if you want to get back in the country, pretty good way to do it. Mm. If you do have the <laughs> Aboriginal grandmother and you want to get back into Australia, it's High Court's oh, like, fair dude, precedent now. Yep, like, dude, yep. fair place, fair mm -hmm. place. Uh, now, sorry, who am I uh, coming up? Dara's on 3.5. Peter Gregory is on two. Adam's still in the hunt on zero. Uh, not negative one, though. So. Not negative one. We, 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 uh, zero is still in the positives, yeah. I think. What is the number no. zero? No, is it's it? not a positive. Not a positive? No. But it's not a negative. positive or negative. It's not a negative either. Ooh, it's its own thing. I like that. Do you know in China Good they energy. teach kids to start counting from zero, not one? That's oh. ridiculous. But is there a year zero? In computer science, oh. that's how you mm. count. Weird fact for you. Nerd. Mm. <laughs> we had fun facts off. That was not a fun fact. Earlier in the show, we had a fun fact off. I wouldn't put that up there. I didn't mind it. Now, focus up. Uh, five points. I died 125 years ago this Thursday in Washington, D.C. Washington. Not no. Washington. Oh. Not bad. You don't lose a point, do you? Yeah, you do. No. Sorry. Oh. Uh, yes. Uh, she's still winning, though. So someone has to take the crown away from Dara. Yeah. Sorry. Five points. Died 125 years ago this Thursday, Washington, D.C. Any guesses? No. Nah. Any more? No. Nah. Four points. I escaped from slavery in 1838 at the age of 20. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Got a bit of a sneaky Dara's, suspicion oh, about this Dara's, The cogs are turning in Dara's brind. Yeah. <laughs> Dara's what? <sorry>? Dara's <laughs> mind. What did I say? I thought you said so brind. Like <laughs> brain and mind. Yeah, it could have been two things I tried to say at the same time and it came out as one word. I, think I, I have it in the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember what his name is. Okay. Yeah. This is Paul Parker situation all yeah. over again. Yep. <laughs> uh, now, for three points, I am one of the most essential figures in the abolitionist movement. If you could only see how hard Dara is thinking right now, this is electric television. I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to have a crack at it. Give it a crack. Roof, roof. Roof, roof. Frederick Douglass. Oh, Frederick Douglass. Peter Gregory Boom. is the winner. Come on! Okay. <laughs> Lean away from the microphone. Also, Sorry. I can't say that very loud in everyone's. Now, Dara, this is heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. This is twice in two weeks that Dara's been at the finish line only to be pipped by someone else. Uh, straight white male, if you will. Peter Gregory. <laughs> Gideon, <laughs> if you think you're getting this back, I've got a, you get a, you know, I've got a message for you, mate. I'm the king now, and you can wait your turn. That was as intimidating as a storm named Devis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well done. All right, uh, that is it for the quiz. Thank you, Dara. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Roof Roof. We have more show for you guys after this. Cool. Okay, let's fly through some stories at the end of this show. Yeah. Uh, now, the number one... Sorry? A few things that made us laugh. Good point. Uh, now, this one didn't make me laugh. It made me cry. And it really? is the return of a segment, Long Dormant. We need to bring it back because yeah. God help me if I like playing this clip or not. Uh, but basically, the segment is I ain't spending any time on it. Mm. Now... Political junkies such as Pete and I might remember I, th this one. This went straight up viral. This was a mainstream clip yeah. where Bob Catter, uh, talking about gay marriage, just said he wasn't spending any time on it. I mean, you know, people are entitled to their sexual proclivities. You know, I mean, let there be a thousand blossoms bloom as far as I'm concerned. You know, but I ain't spending any time <laughs> on it because in the meantime, every three months. A person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland. Gets the, every time. The level of uh, t the the twist ending on that. He mm. goes from so happy about flowers blooming to yeah. just incandescent with rage at the idea 
of uh, crocodiles being eating people in Far North Queensland. He's, uh, One of the great clips. Gets me every time. And actually, I should have said at the start of the show that this was what I was looking forward to the most for those that were sort of paying attention to that. <laughs> I don't think people miss it. Uh, what Peter Gregory is looking forward to most of the show, people fast forward to. Yeah. Now, uh, we bring this up and it is a topic and a segment here because we like to talk about stuff that everyone seems to care about or there seems to be a lot of media uh, hubbub about that we don't actually care about. Heaps of hubbub. Because, you know, we've got a problem in final Queensland with crocodiles eating people. Yeah. And we will get to these problems mm. once we've figured that out. Yep. And the number one, like the one I want to bring it up for this week, Pete, yep. is apparently some Victoria, Victorian Labor MPs had a few drinks in Bali recently. Yep. So the story is... In Bali, late December, Health Minister Jenny Mikakos, uh, we've also got Parliamentary Secretary to the Treasurer Steve Dimopoulos, uh, Dimopoulos Bentley MP, Nips, uh, Nick Starkos, Bayswater MP Jackson Taylor and Miss Mikakos. They're in Bali, they're having a good time. Uh, they are dancing. Now, the problem is there were bushfires in the region. Mm. Scott Morrison obviously coming under a lot of scrutiny for being in Hawaii for it. This seems to be a bit of return fire. Mm. Uh, but the the thing is, like, one, Scott Morrison is the prime minister of a nation and you do feel like he should have some sort of influence. Over, like, you know, he's not going to be exactly holding a horrors, but he should be on deck, I mm. would say. Now, a minute, like a, a backbencher MP or like the parliamentary secretary to the treasurer and like maybe health ministers slightly, but also like what are they going to be doing? Mm. That's fine. And like no taxpayer funds were used on the trip. They're just in Bali on holidays dancing. No, I couldn't agree more. And this is a great example of this segment, which we should have brought back ages ago. So I'm glad we brought it back now. I thought actually ScoMo was a bit of a beat up, like the, the, the level of viciousness about that was a bit of a beat up. I so think I was, he should be on deck. If you're the prime minister and people are fighting bushfires and people are coming in from the US to fight bushfires and people are dying fighting bushfires, you should be on deck. It should. It, it was a bit of a probably a little bit too much of a delay from when they became serious to how long it took to get back. And there was a bit of chatter about flights or something, which was obviously didn't wash. And it, it hasn't sold well politically anyway. So whatever yeah. we say about it, it hasn't sold well. Anyway, so if I think that's a beat up, I obviously think this is a beat up. If anything, I think Jenny Makakos at 51 doing the Macarena, doing shots on the dance floor. Jenny. Deserves a bit of credit. Live your best life. Good on Keep you, Jenny Makakos. So uh, once again, we aren't spending any time in it. Mm. Why so? Because... In the meantime, every three months, a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland. But the thing about this is, this has happened again this week where Bobcat has given us a great quote. I'm not sure if you've seen this, saw roller tape. No, I'm not. Don't lead me into your rubbish, right? Don't you keep taking us on, on flights of fancy. Your, your, your city, your city, lily pad lefty, that mindset, right? So I'm not going to answer your questions because they insult us as a race of people. Now that goes on, James. I'd cut that off. I mean, that goes for another 30 seconds. But he's <laughs> that talking day to be that guy he's talking to. Exactly right. And he sort of bites back a little bit, which makes him oh, go, no, well, you can't do that. Anyway, have a Google if you want to see the whole thing. But he was asking about Indigenous recognition and uh, our man Bob Catter was talking about the Close the Gap report. God bless Bob Catter. Uh, do you also see Bob Catter hand over the reins of his party to his son by handing more of an actual reins? No. Like that you put on a horse? <laughs> Where's that? Where's that? That's... Like, there is no good reason for the House of Lords to exist in the UK, mm. except the fact that if we had it in Australia, that's where we put Bob Catter. Because we yeah. can't lose Bob Catter to an election. No. Like, obviously the democratic process should maintain, but we can't actually lose Bob Catter and these clips. He's still young. He's no, but like, we just can't. We, we need to find a place we can put him mm. and no one's ever going to kick him out. 
and every now and then we just get clips like that. Mm. We need oh. to find a place. Wow. It's, if it's a House of Lords, the House of Bob Catter. <laughs> it's like the fourth level of royal ascent. It goes, you know, representative, senate, and then on the way to the governor general, we also drop it off by Bob Catter. Yep. And he gives us that clip. You say, and we just you, we don't do anything with what he says. Yep. We just keep going to the governor generals. A cat of voice to parliament, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh, we should get him on the show anyway. Uh, absolutely. All right. So, we should keep this moving along. All right. So uh, talk to us about Kerry Ann Kennelly. Okay. What do we want to know? What, what do we want to know? <laughs> All right. So last week, Studio 10 tweeted out a new segment for host Kerry Ann Kennelly. Yeah. Now, they asked punters to write in about a secret problem that you've not been able to tell everyone about or anyone about. So, obviously, you know, people have their secrets. Uh, I, now, I don't. James tells everyone everything, so don't worry about that. James Bit has no secrets. But everyone else My does. My tooth still hurts. His tooth. He's so brave. Anyway, <laughs> the problem was that the name of the segment was Cax, because that's her nickname, Cax Confessional, which many keen-eyed punters on social media pointed out was actually... K-K-K. Because they spelled confessional with a K. Because they spelled confessional with a K, which is a great point, James. Now, I'm not sure, for those who aren't, you know, massive scholars of American race <laughs> politics, is a pretty controversial... Books are history books, they're not. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty controversial name, and I just can't imagine this group of people sitting in a room and no one going, should we do this? Hang on, there's three Ks three in a K's. row. What is that? That's something, That's isn't something. it? something. Is it a thing? All right. Uh, now, I... It's it's tough to see Kerry Ann Kennedy take a very public beating like this. Mm. Um, for so and we, you know it's it it could have been a great segment of people sharing yeah. stories they've never told anyone yet sharing the nation. I'd go to her for advice any day. Uh, so what I I went into my went into my mind palace, if you will. Oh, no. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Sherlock. What is, uh, <laughs> what is a mind palace? It, it's a plot device in Sherlock where he just goes and he's got all these like information stored away and he can like solve crimes through something he read twenty five years ago. Oh, okay, it's a good show. Uh, and I'm back in. One more episode to go. Not the point. Uh, <laughs> so I went into the uh, ideas lab, if you will, <sighs> and tried to figure out another way we can get we can salvage uh, the organs of carrying <laughs> of the uh, KKK, the KKK, not the <laughs> not the KKK. We can salvage the organs of a segment where people confess to Carrie Ann yeah. and give it to a new host of a new name of a new show. Hmm. What do you reckon of uh, Carrie Ann Kennelly presents Acknowledge Secret Shames? Carrie Ann Kennelly. Forget that part. Acknowledge secret shames. So what does that spell out? <laughs> Kick in the head. Carrie Ann Kennelly, cackass. Uh, no. <laughs> just, What's cackass? Just oh, the first part was ass. Anyway. <laughs> All right, sorry. Well, no, that's not gonna work for you. Okay, what do you reckon of bold universalism's told truthfully? Bold universalism's told bot. <laughs> but <laughs> Things. When we talked about this segment, I thought I'd be able to get them straight away. I okay. thought you'd be able to get them straight well, that away. One, that is also not All right. appropriate, James. Okay, but, but they're not as bad as cake. Can you figure out the last one? <laughs> Principled orations over pancakes. Principled. Something you can do over breakfast TV. Principled orations over pancakes. Oh, He's got it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that segment all, didn't work the way I thought it would, but I still think it worked. It's still, I mean, they're all better than KKK. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's an organ we could harvest and deliver to an even better segment. Yeah, so, and look, I would go and get a Shiraz or a, or a you know, a white wine with Kerry Ann Kennelly and talk about my problems any day of the week. Is that a segment? I try to write down Shiraz. all the words. Uh, maybe. S W W K K. I'll think of that later. All right, last one we wanted to get to. Now, my villain of the week this week was Michael Bloomberg, Democratic nominee, and we do not endorse. Well, I do not endorse Bloomberg. I don't know if you mm. have any. No, you uh, made that uh, PSA. Uh, I made that PSA very public. But 
There is one thing about the Bloomberg campaign that I do find interesting. Okay. This week it came out that Bloomberg, as part of his multi-million dollar advertising campaign to get him into the White House, is paying Instagram influencers to make posts about how cool he is. He's talked to uh, a bunch of influencers, very famous ones. Hey, make a meme about Michael Bloomberg. Do whatever you can. Just make him look like the cool candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 150 bucks a pop. 150? 150 bucks per post. How many people? How many followers do these people have? I think you have to have at least a few thousand. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, the point is, Peter Gregory is a budding Instagram star, if I've ever seen one. What is its uh, Instagram handle for people at home? Peter.j.gregory.7. I've been a little bit slack on the content for a couple of weeks, yep. but I'm coming back. But you're a budding Instagram influencer. Yeah, yeah. And I love the content. I love everything I see. Yep. Uh, so we need to figure out, Bloomberg's got the money. You've got the Peter Gregory. <laughs> Like, we don't need to endorse his campaign. We don't need to like anything. But if we can t- siphon off a little money off yeah. the side of this, we can, you know, get what a would bit, you spend it on? Get a bit of that sweet, sweet Bloomberg cash. <laughs> yeah. I'd spend it on my BBC license fee. That's about <laughs> how much it is. Uh, so, I w- like, do we have any ideas as to how to get Bloomberg's people to pay attention to Peter Gregory? I've got one idea and one idea only, and it's going to work. Okay. Nudity. <laughs> All right, nudity. Everyone knows sex sells. There's such a theme to what you bring to this podcast. <laughs> and no one, you don't want to keep this hidden away, James. Like, let's be honest. Uh, just, and like, and just, you know, on my chest or whatever. Yep. I think farmers are dumb too. <laughs> or dogs, you shake, you know, something about Shaking the dogs. Shaking by their yeah. mouth. Frisk minorities, why not? You know, so that's. Uh, Frisk minorities, why not? Bloomberg 2020. Yeah. 150 right. bucks, thanks, Mr. Bloomberg. Uh, that's pretty good. US. I was going to say, uh, so Bloomberg wants to get into the meme game, so you'd probably need to design oh, okay. some OC. So what is your favourite meme? I don't meme? know how to do that. I'd have to get Saul to help me. What's my favourite meme? Yeah. Oh. You've got to have a favourite meme. I like I like the one... Um, would have been good to get some notice about this before we did on the show. I um, intentionally did not give you this because I love to see Peter Gregory the, describe memes. The meme where uh, the, the meme where the red thing comes out of their eyes. You know how like it oh, starts off angry. No, nah, because oh. they've achieved their goals or whatever. You know, like you know, it starts off minor thing and it gets more. Is that Galaxy Brain when they like Something every like that. idea that makes them slightly smarter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Yeah. All right, it's so a Galaxy Brain meme. Now we've got to make one of those for free. Just to get their attention and yeah. then say, the next one's going to cost you. Yeah. And then we just make money that way. Yeah. So, we can the, do that. And we can so your, your idea is make a meme. Make a meme. Okay. So, my second Up idea. Uh, now, TikTok dancing, all, the, all yeah. the craze. Dancing on TikTok, bad dancing. I can do that. Uh, we create a dance with you involving you violently frisking an innocent person on the street. Yeah. Oh, no. Starts off regular dance, you throw someone against the wall, you frisk them. The problem is I'm probably a little bit too good at dancing to <laughs> be able to sort of you know, yeah. pull that off, yeah. that bad dancing thing. Right, fair enough. Like, this guy's a professional. Uh, no now, my third version, now this is something I came out on Twitter and I apologise to people only listening to this because you won't get the full experience, but I get on my knees and beg you to look this up online because this video will change your life. Michael Bloomberg, bit of a stage actor. Ooh. So here's a clip from a recent... I, I have no idea when this is from. I have no idea of the context of this. It is electric. So I'll please play the tape while I explain it to the people listening. So it is this play and it seems to be at the very end of the play, I want to say, mm. uh, where all of the people are gathered around and Michael Bloomberg is somehow on stage in like some 1920s businessman's shirt. Uh, now he declares that he's off to Iowa and New Hampshire, unfills an umbrella and then takes flight through suspenders. That's Mary Poppins. Well, is it Mary Poppins? No, like he I just thought it looks was like, like Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah, so he's taken off like Mary Poppins and he's now just like flying off talking about all the stuff he's going to do to the election. 
He'd had MP on his suitcase. MP on his suitcase. Yeah. Well, this is a bit presumptive. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, MB or MP? MP. Oh, what could that have been? Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins. Yeah. It was Mary Poppins. All right, sorry, we solved that mystery. He's in Mary Poppins. Yeah. And he just takes off. Yeah. And so to bring it back to my idea, uh, we Instagram video out a play we write called Bloomberg. So we've got to write a whole play. We've got to write a whole play. We Instagram it out. But with the Instagram stories being, what, 10 seconds at tops? Oh, okay. A full play, 150 bucks per post. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of money. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of money. As long as I don't have to write it. I'm in. Okay, Pete. <laughs> this is a joint venture. If I'm writing it, yeah, but you're good at stuff like. I mean, you're into this sort of, you know, improv theater and all that. <laughs> yes, I'll leave it to you. you can, I better get some of this money. Yeah, you can have half of it. I do more. We'll take this up. We'll get our lawyers involved yeah. again. All right, that is it for the show this week. Thank you to Renee Gorman. Thank you to Adam and Dara for coming on the quiz. Make sure you're following Generation Liberty on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and check out the website at generationliberty.org.au to get involved. Uh, anything else I'm missing? I just don't normally say thanks to Saul at the end. Thanks, Saul. There we go. See you guys next See week. Up.